So we're, uh, I think we're on a, I think we're on a 12th lesson on that one. So I don't know. Uh, I typically use Coffin's commentaries. Um, sometimes I use Barnes notes. Today I reached out clearly to Domelo. I don't know much about Domelo. Um, I see him quoted sometimes. Some things, I guess they're so simple that everybody in the world knows what they mean until you want to find out what they mean. And then nobody knows. <laughs> nobody makes a good statement of what it really means. So. No, there's no comment at all. Barnes and Jet. Barnes says, "See my comments under Mark 8." I go to Mark 8. He doesn't have comments there. He just sent me to a black hole. It's like, come on. So. Yeah, exactly. It took him 20 years to write it, and he totally forgot about it. So, whatever. And I know it's somebody's viewpoint, but chase that stuff. Whatever. So I use Bible Gateway for text, and I use Study Light for a lot of a lot of different tools. I'm gonna look like Chuck was right up to Luke 17. He was in. It was did the parable of the virgins last week, right? Parable of the virgins. We didn't quite get this far. We didn't quite get to Luke 17. He finished the parable of the virgins, I think. We were talking about that. The coming of the kingdom in Luke 17 kind of follows that. It's in a different book and everything, but it kind of follows that same thing. Well, at least the warning is the same that comes with it. So, um, Matthew Virgins, it was, that was what was there, but it, it's, it's different. Matthew 26, yeah, I looked at that and I was like, oh, was it with you? It didn't say much more. So I went to Luke 17 and then we'll, and I think that'll go back to, let's go back to Matthew. There's something there. I know uh, it goes on to, oh, the one in Matthew is with it, talks about, I shall not eat or drink of this again until, until I'm in the kingdom. But I think there's a couple more. Luke 19, I think, has some more stuff too. So, trying to find our way. We're not using a curriculum, so we're trying to make our own outline and follow each other. <laughs> I was at East Orange last week, so I had to watch some of the YouTube to figure out where we're at. So, Anyways, this is where we're at today. So Luke 17, 20 through 21, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom, when the kingdom of heaven could come. So what question was asked? Who asked it? And who answered it? Who was supposed to answer it? What's the question? Yeah, when's the kingdom of God coming? Is the question that they asked. Who asked that question? That's the strange part, isn't it? Why would the Pharisees ask that question? They, they, they were looking for something different anyways. Like you say, you're, the, the answer is when's the Christ coming, but the, that's not what they were asking. They were looking for a trap. They were kind of, a, they, their typical thing is a trap. I guess you can read a lot of commentaries that look like they're sincere when they ask this, but everything else they ever do is a trap, so let's go with it's a trap. So, who's supposed to answer the question? It's Jesus, the He. It is the understood He. So the Pharisees asked, "When's the kingdom of heaven? When's the kingdom of God coming?" Uh, Domelo says this question was probably a mocking one. When is this kingdom of heaven, which thou sayest so much of, and of which thou claimest to be king, visibly to appear? So in, in modern day English, we <laughs> translate that to how most of us would say. 
the question that they're asking is, you keep talking about the kingdom, and you keep talking about the king, when will we see it? So that's kind of the question they're asking. You, know. you talk about it, what does it take, when's it coming? When can we visibly see this kingdom? Picking up verse 21, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, or for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So when are the Pharisees going to be able to see the kingdom? By their standards, they're not going to see the kingdom. By what they're looking for, they're not going to see it. They're looking for a sign or they're looking for, like I say, a physical kingdom. And that's what it says. It's, it's not going to come, you're not going to be observed. Will there be a declaration of a king? I mean, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The king has been declared. But it's not like if a, a new country was setting up, right? I mean, if you take, for instance, the Israel-Palestine deal, if there was some kind of resolution that, I know Palestine's its own nation, but, you know, even a third nation that came out of it, and they would establish a boundary, and they would establish who was king, or not even just there, but anywhere that was, people were unhappy, you would look for that. But Chuck's right. He's declared, they just don't, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. You know, they don't. That kind of thing. He said, the way Christ responded here is, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And we're going to get to that part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're, they're looking for it to come to them. They're not going to go to it. And that's his answer is it's in the midst of you. So that's a, that's a weird statement. We're going to get to that. Um, so like I said, you would usually see a board, definition of borders, declaration of a king with a new kingdom. It's, it's different. Is a physical state going to be set up at all? No? No. No physical state. It's not going to be... This is the kingdom of God. From this tree to this rock to this river, and this guy will be over it all. It, it ain't, that's not what was going to happen. Um, the word observed, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. I mean, you probably looked at it just that it can't be seen, right? That's usually, I mean, I did. I was just looking at it, but looking at commentaries. The word observed is parate, parate racis. Parate racis. <laughs> I put the pronunciation there because I know I'd butcher it. But that's the Greek word, anyways. The only place it's used in the New Testament is right there. And it's a, clo it's a medical term for close observation to detect faults and problems. So, for instance, if you were hospitalized for observation, it's that observation. Okay? Right? You're not just hospitalized to be seen. They're hospitalized and you need to watch out for it. They're going to watch your... EKG, they're going to watch your blood pressure, they're going to watch for stuff popping out of you and stuff like that, right? So this is what observed means. So uh, if you use New American Standard, that word's actually in there twice, with signs to be observed, and signs and observed are both the same word, so for whatever it's worth. So that ob observed just takes on a little different meaning. 
So where does he say he can find it? Chuck? It's in the midst of you, right? It's right there with you. It's right there with you. Yeah. One person. That, yeah, at this point, it's it. It's just Christ. It's it. Luke 17, 21, in the King James Version, says, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He uses a little bit different words. So what do you think of the words within you versus in the midst of you? There's a difference in there. And I know you expect that with the King James. You're 400 year old English, you expect that. It was built off one text instead of 400. You expect that. So what, what difference do you see between those two? The kingdom of God is within you or the kingdom of God is in the midst of you? Probably bad translation, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. It kind of leads towards that Holy Spirit type thing. It's within you. And he's talking to the Pharisees. So is the kingdom of heaven within the Pharisees? <laughs> That's not what we're seeing, right? So that kind of is different. It's in the, in the midst. What's that mean? It's, it's, it's in the middle. It's between Paul and Sandy and Rita, Chuck, Wanda, and uh, Marilyn. Sorry. It's kind of easy to see. First of all, they don't want to accept who he is. But it's kind of easy to see the struggling and the frustrations of somebody who is sincere trying to understand this kingdom for the first time. Sure. It's... So different than any kingdom they've ever seen or heard of on CNN or the internet or whatever that they didn't have. But yeah, it's not the same. And he talks in riddles, so he doesn't help them out any. They, didn't, they don't see it, so. In the midst, or as it's translated in, in, in the King James, uh, anyways, entos is the Greek word. It's the only place that this word is used in the New Testament, too. Kind of strange to find two words. It's the only place, only place they're used is right here in these little verse. Um, the only other New Testament use, sorry, the only other New Testament use is Matthew 23, 26, when Jesus is talking about, so it's, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of a cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. So that's what that in the midst of means. So what's if you clean on the inside of a cup, what's what's the inside of a cup? What's in the midst? What's in the inside of a cup? <laughs> Wanda shakes her head. There's nothing. There's nothing in the cup, right? There's air. Yeah, air. There you go. Engineers. We're all, we're that way. <laughs> we get air. So, but. It, yeah, and Einstein's theory of relativity, you know, anything that's in here, you ever seen that one with an open thing and it got flies in it? The weight of the cup is just the cup. But if you put a lid on it, it's the weight of the cup plus the flies that are caught inside of it and the air. That's a whole different thing. But the inside of a cup is in the midst. It's, we would, you know, I'm a coffee drinker, so the coffee is in the cup. 
And we even call it a cup of coffee. It's in the midst of the cup. It's, it's not in the cup. It's with. <laughs> it's in the midst of the cup. Yeah, it doesn't permeate the cup unless you get a cheap styrofoam cup and it, 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 it leaks out through on top of you. And I don't want coffee in the midst of my cup. It's around my cup because then it's all over me. You know, I want coffee right there in toss. That's where I want my coffee, in my cup. So how does that change your definition of the kingdom? The kingdom, if you look at the kingdom being a cup or some kind of carrier, and actually what, even if we look at it as a church, the church being the cup, for instance, then the kingdom would be what's inside the cup, the coffee, What's inside the carrier, what's inside the church, is the kingdom. So it would be each of us. It would be, like you said, the Holy Spirit plays a role with that, I think. Um, but it's not just inside of me, it's all of us in the church. It becomes the kingdom, in the midst, like the cup. I don't know, don't think too deep on that analogy because it's probably wrong. The contention of some critics that the Savior by these words taught that the kingdom of God is merely an inner spiritual condition in the human heart must very definitely be rejected. Such a condition may qualify for entrance into the kingdom, but it is not itself the kingdom. It is not a state of mind nor a disposition of men. The kingdom of God is a fact of history, not psychology. Jesus speaks everywhere of men entering the kingdom, not of the kingdom entering men. That's when Norval Geldenhuis, who I have no idea who he is, but he's quoted by Kaufman, so I just quoted him. Yeah, he told you what is not. He's saying is, I'm right here. Yeah. On the kingdom, right now. Right now, he's the king. And, and the potential for the kingdom. Total kingdom too. And, the, and the kingdom in a few months, some of the people right there would be in the kingdom. And you're going to look over where it's at? That's right there. Because that's where it's going to start. It ain't there yet, but the workings of it are there. And the church isn't just in our heart, and it's not just in our minds. It's not a psychological state I'm in the church. You know, I may be sober, I may be awake, I may be speaking English, you know, but, I'm, but this is more than that, especially when it's us. The, the church itself is not just confined to inside me, but I'm in the midst of the church. It's a fact of history, and that's a big part of it too. But you're right, this is like a, either a politician or a psychologist wrote that statement right there. Is going to be open, but it hasn't been opened yet. Okay. So the only person in the kingdom that's perfect is him. It's, you're right. He's the only one. He came from heaven to be on earth, and he's the only one. 100% of the old law. Yeah. 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 100%. Rob, did you raise your hand? Okay. I'll be honest, I don't see the far corner all that well, unless I. So. I think I got a narrow field of vision that I typically take in anymore. All right. Um, 
They say, look, here it is, or there. Or I say, look, here it is, there. So in the next paragraph, Jesus explains that the external visible signs that the Pharisees want aren't going to be seen. They'll be seen in the second coming is when they'll be seen. They won't be seen in the church phase, which basically we are right now. I mean, these, like we pointed out, Christ is so alive, the church hasn't started. You're not going to see these signs uh, with the church, but you will with the second advent. When, when Christ comes again, it's going to be visible. Not just fairly visible or almost visible, visible. Anybody know anybody that looks for signs? I used to have a friend that she always, she would pray for signs. She wanted a rose or a red rose to show that God was going to help her in such and such a way. You know anybody that prays for signs? I don't. I don't, but I mean, like I said, I know people who do, and it's, I don't know, I don't know what kind of background it is or whatever, but the Pharisees seem to look for signs, and that's what they seem to be. Look for. I know Jesus told him several times, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. You know, that's the sign. When you see somebody buried for three days, there's your sign. So moving on to Luke 17, 22. And he said to the disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not. So this flies to church. When do you think Christians will be most likely to wish they could see signs or proof or an appearance of the Messiah, Deliverer, and the Kingdom? Like I say, we're in, the, we're in the Kingdom. When do you think people will be most likely to wish they had physical proof, a big sign, or even the end? Persecution, it has to be persecution in some form or another, right? It could be the inability to pay the bills. It could be um, breakup of of your family. It could be um, um, addiction, you know, when you know at the bottom of it. The time you're you're in jail for making a string of bad choices. How about the Christians in uh, Israel slash Palestine today? You know, a war where you basically, you got four hours to get out of, you know, where you got no warning sign and you lost everything you had. You lost family members. Or you've got so much time to go down that road, you know. Those are extreme time, times of extreme persecution that we, if we were under those times, and I haven't really lived under a war. You know, war hasn't come here in, my, in any of us this lifetime, really, other than 9-11. For years. Yeah, they've been fighting for years. But it, on a personal level, though, just the persecution of that. My doctoral advisor grew up in Lebanon, and he said that as a kid, you could tell the, the differences between the, uh, the Israeli, I said the Israelis, but the F-4s and stuff like that, he could tell the difference in the planes as they came through because he was so used to them. But he grew up in a war zone. Uh, I couldn't imagine growing up in a war zone. The persecution that does that. Uh, the books I've read on racism and stuff. Some of the kids grew up in war zones. They live where the house next door sells drugs. And the house on the other side, they've shot three people in the last three months. You know, How do you expect them to learn math? So, but that persecution, as Christians, an extreme case of persecution, 
would probably be the time that you wish you had just a little bit more proof. Or just looking for, I wish the Messiah, the, proof, the promise I've been pro promised, I wish that would come and get me out of this heavy weight. It goes back to Ishmael and Israel. It's, it's, yeah, it's, a long, it's a long time thing. And yeah. It goes Isaac. back to Ishmael and yeah, Isaac. And it, yeah, there's, a, there's several flips and flops to the whole situation. So. Yeah, thank God there's still a lot of that part. I wouldn't really try to get into that conflict, but I mean, just, just the fact that the persecution of living under bombs dropping or not knowing when the next one's coming. Verse 23 and 24, they will say to you, look there, look here. Do not go out or follow them, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in His day. Uh, Barnes says there's many false Christs that were coming up, actually Jose equals Josephus, but there are many false Christs at that time uh, attempting to lead people away. So that's kind of what he's addressing there. But in our own time, we still have people doing that pointing towards false Christ, pointing towards the end of time coming. Wasn't there somebody a couple weeks ago that the end of time was nigh? Was that, was that a couple weeks ago? Didn't that make the news? Maybe. I think it did. I think I saw it. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I catch it on Twitter, so I get little bites of everything. Um, I know we outlived the Mayan calendar, right? That was supposed to be the end of time. And the Mayan calendar ended December 31st, 1999. Some man-made numbering system was going to ruin the whole, whole world. Look here. <laughs> Look there. They don't follow that. Um, you think it would be possible to, to miss it when Christ comes again? Do you think it would be possible to miss it? Misunderstand it? <laughs> Not as it's been described, right? No, no chance. It ain't going to be in a page three headline. It's not going to be in the news that Chuck didn't watch. It's not going to be on Twitter. No, you're right. It actually will not be on Twitter. Elon Musk likes to say the newspapers are yesterday's Twitter. <laughs> so he's got a point there. But like you said, even Twitter can't keep up with when that happens. There will be nobody that tweets it out. The revolution will not be televised. You're not going to miss it. So if he appears in the sky, as we've been told, is it just going to be, I mean, we're inside. You're going to see it? You better be ready. You better be ready. That was the lesson of the virgins from Chuck last week. You better be ready. If you're inside, if it's night, if you're on the wrong side of the planet, will you still see it? It would be unmistakable. The answer is yes. It's going to happen quick, and it's going to happen. Everybody will know. Every knee shall bow. As the lightning flashes and lights up in the sky from one side to the other, so will be the Son of Man in his day. Anybody like lightning? Anybody like to watch that stuff? I don't like it close, but you know, if I can watch it from far away, it's cool. It's pretty... I, we've been here a couple times, like VBS and stuff, stuck in the building because it's just popping all around us. And, you know, you, you're stuck. The shop is a nasty place to be in a good thunderstorm, metal building. 
We've learned to respect lightning. Yeah. We've learned to not respect it too. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, I, I know with soccer kids, it's like, it's lightning, we, we send them out. Go get in the cars. You can't stay under the picnic tables, you gotta go into the cars. We try to protect them as much as possible. The older ones, the teenagers, ah, it's not my day. I will not be hit by lightning today. <laughs> yeah. Separate lightning instances lost three trees. Nope. Teenagers have no mortality. It's you know, live forever. Oh, I know I didn't. I, I absolutely know I didn't, and I struggle with it. I struggle with that with my own son sometimes. Rita. Feel closer to God, like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't want to be outside. outside of Washington State, but uh, uh, yeah, I, my husband's the same way. We, I don't know if he feels closer to God, but yeah, it's lightning. I, and during hurricanes, I usually have trouble sleeping. Okay. Always. Yeah. It can be a hurricane, and he'll be saying, "Look at the trees," you know, and I'll be going, "Oh, let me sleep." Mm-hmm. I also do that with turbulence, and I'm playing to do. The flight attendants to sleep is not a good thing. <laughs> the flight attendants being asleep is not a good thing. They're there for our safety. They'll put you to sleep. Mm, yeah. Mm. I'll fall asleep in an MRI, but I cannot fall asleep when I get my teeth cleaned. I would give up government secrets for that one sometimes. Man, that new stuff. All right, anyways. Unmistakable, like lightning. We all agree lightning would be unmistakable. Who's going to see it? Will the believers see it when Christ comes again? Everybody. Even the non-believers, right? Yeah, like us. Right. I got a question on that, too. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's all right. He's on this section. Did you? Yeah. Good. I, didn't, I stayed in this chapter. You want to... Put that, pull that stuff and add to it next week, go for it. Um, yeah, the believers, the non-believers, the people who try to stay neutral, which you can't be. Um, that's it. There's the wide gate and the narrow not, gate. There's, the, there's not a narrow gate, a wide gate, and medium-sized gate. There's just two gates. You're going to wait till that last, when he appears, to wait for that, to make that decision. It's like lightning. It hit, it's too late. So good news or bad news? <laughs> yep, it is. It depends on where, who you are. 25, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. This is a verse that really nobody wanted to comment on, other than it just must be exactly what it says. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. I see this as him talking about right then. He's talking to the Pharisees and he says, Basically, I'm going to suffer a lot of stuff. I'm going to suffer persecution. I'm going to suffer through the trials. I'm going to suffer hanging on the cross, rejected by my own people. I mean, that's what I initially see is that. Now he's addressing the initial question. When will it come? 
and it's almost out of place. If you put a word. You, you associate it with what he's talking about here, or you associate it with what he's talking about leading into that one? And it still gets down to the people who ain't interested, by and large, the wide gate. So 26, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, and drinking, and marrying, and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And a flood came, destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the day of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planning and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So what two Old Testament events are compared to the second coming of Christ? Flood and Sodom, right? What happened with Noah and the flood? Why was there a flood? Earth was covered with evil. Earth was nobody was interested, basically, right? Eight people were saved. The count with Lot's family in Sodom, same way. Can you find me fifty people? Can you find me ten? Couldn't find them. So they were both to destroy sin. They were both to destroy people not interested. Yet those who were in the kingdom, those were God's people, were saved. In verse 30, so what will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed? So like those two events, God's people will be taken away when the final disaster occurs. So you'll see that. Other analogies from Kaufman, faith will virtually have ceased on earth. Men will be busy in the same old ways, pursuing their same old interests. Materialism will have won the minds of men. The utmost security will be felt by men. All appeals regarding the worship of God shall be scoffed at. Second coming shall be an instantaneous thing like lightning. It will be worldwide, occurring everywhere and simultaneously, and therefore involving the totality of the earth and enveloping atmosphere. Christians shall be caught up out of the conflagration and shall suffer no harm from it. Jesus' only angels and His holy angels shall deliver them. They shall ever be with the Lord. So these are some other analogies. But it basically, people who are not interested will meet destruction, and those who are in the kingdom will be saved from that. Verse 31, On that day let the man who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. Likewise the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? She looked back on Sodom, right? Looked back, turned to salt, with Lot's wife behind him, looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Just that simple. What would people believe was worthy of turning back? What would people believe was not worth, you know, just on that day, on that... They weren't a believer. Yeah. Even believers. On, the, on Judgment Day, what would cause, what would be worth turning back? What was it, what would you regret leaving behind? I know it's going to happen so quick, you don't going to have that chance, but family... Wealth? Position. Position? All that stuff would be something people would regret leaving behind. Is this all similar to Chuck, what Chuck taught on the parable of ten virgins? Five of them went for more oil. If they stayed, they would have been taken to the, to the feast. 
What I was thinking of also was out of Second Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done will be laid bare. So, you know, it's, it's, nobody knows when it's going to come. Nobody knows. It's going to Like a thief in the night. It ain't going to be much stuff left here. It's, yeah, it's going to happen. Whoever seeks to deserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will keep it. Dumbelow says, he who sets too much value on his earthly life will also lose eternal life. 34, I will tell you in that night there will be two in one bed. One is taken, the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken, the other left. Um, the rapture, a lot of that people believe in, some of them they base on that. It's not does not go with everything else. Doesn't go with this red. Does not go with that. Uh, one will be taken and one was left. So one is taken away and one there will be a destruction for the other one. They won't be just left for a while. The question is, who's taken? Are the saved taken to the kingdom of heaven or the unsaved taken to judgment? I would say that the taken are taken to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, some who believe that the unsaved are taken, taken to judgment, are probably the ones who believe that a physical kingdom would be set up here on earth, which again is not what the Bible teaches. But there are people who believe that. 37, they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the corpse is, where the vultures will gather. So there's a situation ripe for divine judgment. The executors of that judgment will unerringly find it, just like vultures find the carrion. However, it should be remembered that Jesus was not here speaking of just any situation ripe for judgment, but of the final and terminal situation with the posterity of Adam. When at last their day of grace expired, God shall make an end of all human probation, summoning all people to the judgment in the great white throne. So that's what the second coming is. That's the end of, it's the end of grace, the end of creation, the end of time, the end of everything but the kingdom of God. It's the end. So that's where we're at. Like I said, the vultures will gather. They won't gather long. <laughs> They're going to. So, anyways, thanks. And uh, chocolate pickle.